We are here for you, Preds fans. This is the Catfish and Ice Podcast. This sad episode 48. And we are here for you right now. This is Chad Minton with Colin Bluen and Rich Howe. I see the guys over there and they are struggling just like I am. And uh, Mike Twitter is on here as well. He is also struggling, I'm sure. Guys, give me your opening thoughts real quick before we dive into episode 48. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a lot of them, and I'll probably process them as we go, and I'll probably get into yeah. it a little bit more. Yeah. I, proud of the season, proud of the team, proud of the, the, the yeah. players, proud of the effort, proud, but disappointed still nonetheless. You know, it doesn't take away yeah. this thing. No. Same here. So uh, we uh, th- this is going to be a tribute to the Predators, episode 48. Yes, we lost. Yes, the Predators just got eliminated from the uh, 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. It is hard. It's raw right now. Like, it's just like it's one of those wounds that's very raw. We have to, we have to process it right now, right? And uh, that's what we're doing right now because we said this on the podcast this morning. We will be here for you all, whether we force a game seven or whether we're up late. And we're up late, and Rich and Colin are in the Eastern time zone. I'm a little bit more fortunate. I'm in the Central time zone. But either way, we're bringing you episode 48 right now because we are here for the Preds fans. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what this season meant to us because it was such a crazy, wild up and down emotional season and we've enjoyed bringing it to you we've enjoyed talking about it we've enjoyed this podcast and we're not going to stop bringing the podcast to you we're ready for the off season now that it's uh the playoffs are over and so that's where we're at uh so uh guys just give me your thoughts real quick going into the overtime how did you feel initially rich you start you start with that what were your thoughts going right into overtime uh nervous but i felt good about it they played really well in the second period uh the third period obviously they were laying back some and you know that's what caused the uh some weak coverage caused that goal to tie it up and you know i just thought in the third they're just gonna uh, overcome it and just you know play like they did in the second but it shouldn't uh go go unmentioned that uh, roman yossi wasn't out on the ice too that's a that's a huge deal yeah, that's yeah. that's how I felt about it. Because I mean, when when we saw that Roman Yossi wasn't coming back, it was like that. That's tough. That's that's your spiritual leader as far as the team goes. But I mean, it's the second time in a row where we've gone into a third period with the lead and we just can't close out. Yeah. Um, and, and multi, so I, I was, multi goal, lead. yeah, multi goal, yeah. Lead. Well, at least going to the third period, we were up three two. You know, we had yeah. we had that, and we were like, you know, we we were in the situation the other night, and and it's just one of those things where. You just kind of get that sinking feeling, like, man, I really hope they aren't going to do it to us again. Because it's just, we we sat back, and I guess my confidence level was actually a little bit lower. I, I was not feeling good about overtime, just because we we played this style where it's like we were hyper aggressive in the second. I even yeah. tweeted it out like we cycled. I've not seen our offense cycle in the zone this season. It was amazing. Like, I, I was like, where where has this been? It was beautiful, yeah, but. After that, after we like went off and we went, you know, we went on this tear, 
then we started playing to not lose instead of playing to win. And there's a difference. The, the, yeah. the aggression was not there. We, we sunk back. And so going in overtime, I, I didn't feel nearly as confident, you know, as, as far as how things are going for us, how we were trending. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. Uh, they were, it, it was like, so going, coming out of the second period, uh, the Preds had that onslaught. Like they had that power play. Yeah. That was kind of dwindling down, and they were trying to get that goal in real quick before the end of the second period. And it was almost like I remember watching it, thinking if they can score right here before this uh, second period is expired, they got a two goal lead going into the uh, going into the third period. That's going to feel really good. But the problem when you're playing a team like the Hurricanes, a team that can counterattack so quick. Mm-hmm is no leads feel safe. And that's that's how it felt in this series. That's how it felt in this game. And you know what? I'm not going to even – first of all, I'm not going to even say that the Preds lost this game. I'm going to say that the Hurricanes went out and they won it and they lived up to the title of being a number one seed and a Stanley Cup favorite in a lot of people's books. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Just for this game – I'm not saying the Preds didn't have self-inflicted wounds in other games or that they didn't make mistakes in this game. But for this game, the Preds actually put out a very, very good game that would beat a lot of teams in this league. A -hmm. lot of teams in this league. But they were playing the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that had a great rookie goaltender playing for them that just – this guy right here just played an outstanding series, right? They have a ton of great offensive playmakers. They have a very respectable defense. They have they check all the boxes in special teams. They do it all. And the Preds have a ton of weaknesses that we all talk about all the time. And guess what? They still went toe to toe with them. Yeah. So I mean that, that's the tough part is like, and just look at the numbers, like every game we won, you had to score four, more than four goals to win it. We just didn't have it. And so, and, and I think what stings is that we lost off set pieces tonight. Like if you got to think about it, if the face-off goal doesn't happen in the third period, we walk away. If the face-off goal doesn't happen in overtime, we might still be in it. We might still be playing right now for all we know, which I'm going to, I'm kind of like, I guess if we're going to go out, might as well go out a little bit early so we can get some sleep here soon. Right. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's just, you know, it's it's frustrating, but, you know, they're they're good. I mean, they're, they're not going to take anything away from the Canes effort. I think that I'm, I'm proud of the team for making it a series because people had us written off as, you know, it was going to be Canes in four, Canes in five for pretty much every ESPN, all 16 ESPN commentators had us losing in five games or less. And we came back and we, and we made it a six-game series, that close to making it a seven-game series. We get Carolina to scare. I mean, even last, you know, mm-hmm. the, the um, Tuesday night, we scared them in Carolina more so than they scared us, you know, as far as how things have gone. So I think that, you know, we were playing with house money and it's frustrating because they are just the better team. You look at that, that lineup top to bottom, they're, they're, they're talented and they're well coached and, you know, there's that we overachieved if we're being honest, but I, as That's much, good. I know, yeah. I know Chad, 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 you're not going to like this, but I think they're about to get hosed by the Tampa Bay Lightning because I think the Preds – it's not to say the Tampa Bay Lightning is necessarily the better hey. team. Hey. But, but, but here's the thing. It's not to say Tampa Bay Lightning is the better team. It is that we wore down Carolina. Yes. Carolina – No, you're I right mean, about that. that. This was a dogfight. I mean, and they're going to hey. go in there very sore. So. That's 
Colin, that's not going to hurt my feelings. That's going to hurt Rich's feelings. He's the one that ha- has a serious problem with Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, I know the Kings so, are your pick, though, so I, that's all yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's, okay. I, don't, I, I don't have a problem with the Hurricanes at all. Like, I really don't. Even after this series, I don't. Like, we've lost other series. Like, when I remember losing against the San Jose Sharks and how much it burned my soul, how much it just, like <laughs> – how much I couldn't even like, I couldn't even function the next day. And I'm not saying this doesn't hurt. It hurts to lose to any team. But when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes, it sucks to lose. But I can also look at it as, okay, you know what? This is a really good team. It's a very talented team. Even uh, Rod Brendamar, even though he uh, did all this whining early in the series, I still think he's a, I still think he's a great coach. And like Robert Karen Brendamar. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He is. He is the Karen. He is a little the bit of Karen. a little bit of a Karen. He, he, is, he is. He is the new Karen that that argues at the restaurant. And let's give our let's give our boy of the Renegades a puck, uh, Kyle Perkins. Uh, <laughs> a at Kperk eighty uh, six is his Twitter handle. He does Phenomenal all the good. Memes. He does all the yeah, good right. memes out there, and uh, so that that inspires that. But he's. Yeah, Rod Brendamar is definitely the Karen of the uh, restaurant that wants to talk to the manager. Uh, but at the same time, I do respect him as a yeah, great up and coming coach. The yeah. team, the team really is well rounded. And this isn't a this is going to be an episode about, um, you know, being all about the Carolina Hurricanes. They're a good team. We're going to focus on the National Predators right now, and and I think that when it comes to the National Predators. They did overachieve, just like Colin said, and they did prove a lot of us wrong. They proved me wrong. I'll tell you that right now, and I love being proven wrong. And even though I did predict the Canes to win in six, I'm not. it's not an indictment on the Predators. I thought they played a great series. I thought they did everything they could. I thought UC Soros proved that he is the franchise goaltender of this, of this team, and so we can be, we can be confident in that. We can be confident in our young players right now who stepped up and played big roles. And the only thing that we have a little bit that we have reservations about right now is two things, actually, two things. We have some contracts we have to figure out, and we have to talk about our head coach, John Hines. That's going to be in future episodes. We don't have time to fit that in tonight, but those are my two reservations. Colin, it has plenty of time to work up his thoughts on that for the next episode. So stay Great. tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. And get a whole hour. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need way more time to do that. We're getting into, <laughs> we're getting into the wee hours of the morning. So uh, we don't have yeah. time for that. Uh, Rich, let's go to you, man. How do you feel about this Preds team as far as, okay, they lost in six. They went to overtime four straight games in this series against the highly touted, Carolina Hurricanes, top seed. How are you feeling right now, man? I know it's hard to see them lose just now, and it's very, very fresh. But how do you feel right now, man? How do you feel going into the offseason? Are you are you proud of this team? First off, real quick, we got a new uh, person on the um, comments, Donovan513, H-E-S, welcome. Second off, I'm very proud of them. I, I mean, how could you not be? They were expected to get – just hosed by Carolina. Everybody thought they were going to get nailed and they fought them and they scared Carolina and they played them tough. 
and Carolina knows that they got played tough, and that's the best part of it all. Um, the the disappointing thing for me was like I wanted to see more from like your Forsbergs, your Deshanes, those guys. I mean, Granlin got a goal and Johansson got a goal, and that's awesome. But I just feel like those other guys just really needed to step up tonight, and they just they couldn't get loose. Duchesne tried, Forsberg tried, but they just couldn't uh, generate. Well, let's talk about let's talk about that Granlin goal real quick. That was uh, a thing of beauty, and let's give yeah. a let's give a lot of credit to the captain who ended up getting hurt and getting knocked out of the game. But the captain actually quarterbacked that goal. Mm-hmm. He steered that right to Granlin's stick, and it was a layup. Yeah. It was like the most perfect. Like I don't care what kind of goaltending you have, that's like the perfect yeah. setup for a goal. And so uh, a lot of things were going well. The guys were buzzing. The guys were blocking shots. The guys were making it as hard as it can be on Carolina to score. We were all feeling good about ourselves. But the thing the thing about the Hurricanes is they know how to quickly flip the script on you. And that's what they did. Like, yeah. like it's not like you're playing against an ordinary team where you can kind of bury them. You're The Hurricanes are a type of team, you're, they're never out of it even if you're up three or four goals on them. And that's why it's going to be interesting to watch the Hurricanes in the next round because they might be losing four to one or, or you know, three to one to the Lightning at a certain point in, the, in a game. And I'm sorry. I know the Lightning have a lot of playmakers and they're probably better on paper than the Predators are defensively. But at the same time, you can't count this Hurricanes team out and I felt like the Preds, like Colin just said, got a little too comfortable. Maybe, maybe they got a little too conservative. Maybe they thought I'm not. I'm not going to climb in their heads to say I think what they thought, but it, it felt like they were trying to protect a lead. Yeah. And you just can't do that. Soros came under fire far too many times, and he kept this game within reach like he's done all season. Yeah, I, think, I mean yeah. that's. That, that's really what it is, is I think that you look at, at the series, the saves that he's had to make. I mean, the fact that we were to play into overtime the way we played it and and give him kind of somewhat minimal goal support. I mean, we, we scored three goals, but that's good. But three goals can't do it. I mean, this team, this Carolina Hurricanes team, is just so lethal that you have to. Like, we the numbers show. If we didn't score at least four goals, we're not winning the game. And so the way – but then you'll get Saros numbers on the flip, flip side of that. His saves, I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. But we cannot – that's not a sustainable model to build on for the future, though. You know, I mean, I think for the series, yeah, it was awesome to watch. I love UC. Like, UC is incredible. And I was running out of nice things to say about him on Twitter through our account. But at the same time, like, you almost kind of, like, don't want to have to say that much nice things about him. I mean, it's nice to but it's like – it'd be nice to do it a little bit more sparingly because, like, man, I really wish we could put him in high-danger chances. And oh, I wish we could clear, I wish we could clear the, clear the puck. I wish we could – you know, play better situations where it's not like we have to rely on him because we need some goal support and we need some scores. And it was good to see Granny get on the board again, but uh, and it was good to see Joey get on the board. But yeah, I mean, there's we've been talking about who's going to be the one that takes over the game for the team. And then Yossi got injured. That was one of the guys that we probably could have relied on that that hurt going down because he was one. He's that guy. Realistically, oh, yeah. Forsberg. I don't think Forsberg's taken that next step yet. I think that. He is a great player, but he's not he's not an elite talent by any means. Not yet. He's close. If he if he were to become that just that clutch ice in his veins kind of guy, but he showed some timidness tonight. And a lot really the whole series, a lot of our stars 
kind of hesitated on some shots where they could have shot and had an open lane, and at the very least you get a rebound, but they hesitate, and instead it's a whole you know, it's a block of saves. You're relying on. And then you're relying on Eric Hollow with the breakaway, and you, that's not what yeah. you want. Oh, oh, oh. Really? Let's talk about that play. And I, and I can't I can't argue with that point at all, Colin. I am totally there with you on that, man. Like, uh, especially on Forsberg. And I am – we're all huge Forsberg oh, fans yeah. here. Oh, like, yeah. we're, not, we're not trying to throw the guy to the wayside and say, oh, this guy's awful. And it's but not just he, but he, no. is, he is on that I've, – I've always said this as well. Forsberg it has this ability to eventually become maybe an elite player, but his career trajectory is getting up there. Like he's getting close to that peak. And this was a big playoff series for him. And yeah, he scored a couple goals, but it wasn't like really like the big splash that maybe you were hoping to see. And then let's talk about hollow real quick. Cause Rich just brought up hollow real quick. Colin. Rich, uh, Rich just brought up Hollow. So Hollow had a chance to make a shot, and uh, he on the breakaway there, and he kind of like didn't take the shot. He kind of like did this and that, and the play got snuffed out. And then he hustled back to make a block. So mm-hmm. I guess that kind of comes around to this point. Yeah, this team doesn't have a lot of goal scorers, and we saw that. And against a team like the Hurricanes, that's a tall order to ask of, but man, does this team have a bunch of grinders and a bunch of guys who will lay everything out for it? We saw that and you yeah. can respect that, but is that enough to win a Stanley cup? No, not, not right now. And I think well, we had another breakaway too with Yakov Trenin. Yakov Trenin kind of broke away and all he had to do really was Deke. I mean, that's, that's because he, the special was ready to bite. And he just didn't. He just gave him a wrist shot, and it was like, all right, man, that's a waste of a breakaway. But back, you know, kind of back to Forsberg. I think for me, like I look at his ceiling as a an Alexander Radulov. I think that's kind of where I think of him now. Right now, he could be, he could go above that. But for me, that's kind of where I see his ceiling, just based on how his trajectory has gone in terms of his point scoring. I think that from February on, his points have declined. Uh, you know, it was we were all hyped up about February, and it seems like that happens a lot these late, lately. I know that he hates that. I know he's actually even said, I don't like the term February because I want to be consistently good. Yeah. And he struggled with that. Is it the line mates? I don't I don't think so. I think he does need a little bit more, like I said, more ice in his veins, more killer instinct to really finish uh, some of those plays. But, you know, he's also our most marketable player right now. And so we need, we need him to be that guy. I mean, Yossi is also very marketable, but in terms of – I'm sorry, like defense isn't isn't very sexy to your average hockey fan. Like people want to see goal scorers. Philip Forsberg is our best opportunity at that outside of Ellie Tolman. And Ellie Tolman still has to be going to do. So um, you know, for Phil, it's one of those things where, especially in the playoffs, like we need 2017 Phil back. 2017 Phil was a monster. Um, we need Ryan Johansson of 2017 back. And I know those guys, these guys are should still be in their prime. They are not over what should be the hill of their careers when you look at the age versus you know, the age of the average hockey player when they reach their prime. These guys aren't – these guys are, are just now getting into their prime. We should see better from them. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of promise too. You got guys like Carrier. That dude's going to be a stud. I know mm-hmm. we were kind of we wondering. We are kind of seeing like we, we've been waiting to see him get his chances. He's been on the roster for a couple of years now um, in the system and in the, in the pipeline. Dude had some mistakes, which you would expect from a guy that's, you know, it's his first season really being kind of full-time somewhat in the AHL. But dude also made some plays, and dude also got us to transition into the neutral zone. He was creating some offense. He looks – his game is very similar to Roman Yossi, which is high praise, I know, but, like, 
that guy excites me. If that guy, I mean, I'm, I'm really, we can't even get into Fabro right now. I'm wondering where Fabro is, but if he's going to be replaced by anyone, Carrie is a guy to do it. So that's exciting. Yeah. Something else that's a little disappointing is like every one of those games where the Predators could have won them. And, yeah. you know, we had those, we had those guys that, that can grind it out like you talked about. But then if we would have just got a little more support from the, the more pro higher profile players, they would have swept them. I mean, with the with the grinding out guys and then the higher profile guys playing well, I mean, they would have been incredible. And it's just that's disappointing, is that that it was just within reach and it just, just And that's kinda that's kind of the problem. That's kind of the problem, Rich. So the problem is you need a whole team to come together yep. to have playoff success. And unfortunately, yeah, we well, yeah, obviously we need a power play. Yeah, and the power play did not come up in big moments. They did score in certain moments, we but tonight. it wasn't consistent enough to make a difference. Let's put it that way. Um, and we have plenty of time over this offseason. Again, oh, this yeah. is the Catfish and Ice podcast. This is episode 48. We're reflecting right now on the season that just came to an end for the National Predators. They had a 56-game regular season. They – Grinded away. They made a, figured out a way to get in the playoffs. Now they're here. They they play the Carolina Hurricanes, and they battle. They go to four of these six games went to overtime. Four straight games went to overtime. Preds won two of them. They lost two of them. They got eliminated. UC Saros had a great series. All this good stuff happened. We have plenty of time to talk about it, but here here here's the point. We are going to reflect on what the National Predators did for us this season because it was a very stressful year for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Yes, we got the Stanley Cup bubble last August, but it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel right. And, uh, you know, all that. So that happened. We've had a very tough year for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. And sports brings people together can't argue that and i feel like this national predators team brought a lot of people together including ourselves yeah. uh, i consider rich and colin on the show here to meet with me tonight is my closest friends and i've never even met them in person that's being real <laughs> right that's being real right now but they're two of my closest friends and we love bringing this podcast to you and so the national predators mean a lot to a lot of people and so even though they did get eliminated tonight uh we love this team, and now we got to talk about real quick because it is late hours. But we're going to do this first of all. We're brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings is the number one rated sports book in America. We've got playoff fever going on right now. We've got the NBA playoffs going on. We've got daily fantasy. We've got all this great stuff going on right now. And right now, you can download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only. At DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, please, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-WITH-IT. And so go have fun because guess what? We still got playoff action even though our team's not in it. 
guess what? Guess what? Now we can have more fun watching some of these overtime games because we don't have a dog in the hunt anymore. Nope. Because playoff hockey overtime is some of the most fun, entertaining sports you could ever watch when your team's not in it. Yep. Well, I will say we got Trotsy, so I mean, and he knocked out the Penguins, which is even better. That's even sweeter. That's that's so, that's, that's a small consolation prize. There, it is. It is, and we and lost St. Louis Blues. Blues. St. Louis Blues are eliminated as well. So <laughs> yeah, they got <laughs> sweep. Yeah. So, so you know, we we lasted. Yeah, you know, we lasted longer than them. Dallas wasn't even. Dallas couldn't even make the dance. Uh, you know, and, and Penguins are a, Penguins are there's gone. Not so. a, there's, from a press fan perspective, there's not a lot of villains in this playoff no, field right now. They've all been eliminated at this point. The Anaheim, the Anaheim Ducks aren't in there. The San Jose Sharks aren't in there. The Detroit no. Red Wings aren't in there. The St. Louis Blues are gone. The Chicago Blackhawks are gone. Like It's it's almost like, okay, who do we root against? Because that, that, it's kind of fun to have a team to root against. And then, and then who do we root for? We know Rich is rooting against – the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you listen to this show, you know that. But um, yeah, I'm for I'm for Trotsky and his Islanders, and then uh, that's an Shea easy. We- Shea Weber. Well, this is a tough one, actually. Shea, I want to see Shea Weber get a cup, but then that means I have to sacrifice letting Corey Perry get a cup, and that uh, stings. That, that hurts. That hurts my yeah, soul. Yeah, so, so I, I don't know about that. that that's what a tough one there. But it's Shea. Craig. You know, it's say so what? Craig Smith. Well, for Craig Smith. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Sure. And, we've and, also uh, we've also got, we've got four yeah we've got former Preds all over the board. Oh, the, the Minnesota Wild are the Preds North. We got Benino, Hartman, yeah. Fiala. Like, it's crazy. I guess, I guess my point is there's not a lot of villains in the playoff field right now, so it's almost like okay, you can kind of like take your pick here and mm-hmm. just say okay, who do I want to cheer for? And so I mean, yeah, it sucks that the Preds aren't in it anymore, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are still going to be really exciting. Yeah. The Canadians. Uh, got a big win tonight, actually, and so they're down three to two in the series with Toronto. And guess what? A big game seven is coming up on Friday night between the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. You don't even have to like make me think about it. I am pulling for the Minnesota Wild to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. I would love to see those former Preds. I know it hurts sometimes to see those those former players. Uh, play so well, but I'm still pulling for the Minnesota Wild. Easy team to cheer for. And then the weekend is uh, full of some hockey. We got Canadians, uh, Maple Leafs. The second round is already starting this week with the Boston Mm -hmm. Bruins and the Islanders. So, I mean, we've got like – it's it's all starting to take shape here. So, um, even though the Preds aren't in it, we're still going to be all all about it here – and uh, uh, coming to coming to you very late here for this episode 48 because the Preds took us to another overtime. Uh, we're we're uh, reflecting on the season real quick. We're going to br- be bringing you guys and, and gals a lot of off-season content here. We are really excited uh, here on the Catfish and Ice podcast because we've got a lot of good content coming for you all. Just because the Preds season is over doesn't mean we're stopping. We've got plenty of stuff coming down the pipe for you all. And it's going to be awesome. We can't wait to do it for you. But to round out episode 48 right now, reflecting on this season, is we're all going to go around the room right now and really just talk about what this season meant from start to finish. And uh, I'll go ahead and start it off, and then we'll go to Rich after me, and then we'll finish off with Colin. Uh, For me, so the season started, 
uh, in January, right? And uh, I, I didn't know what to think about this team. I really didn't. I had no peg on this team. I didn't know what to expect from them. I didn't necessarily think they were going to be a last place team, but I also did not think they were a Stanley Cup contender by any means. I thought they were a very average, mediocre team coming into the season, tempered expectations. Maybe they would sneak into the playoffs, you know, and all this stuff. I, I, their, their roster did not impress me particularly. Um, I didn't see anything that, like, stood out to me like, oh, man, like, yeah, this team's got it. This team's going to do it. But I knew they had some good players. I knew they had Roman Yossi. I knew that we had some guys that could step up and get us further maybe. But I also saw a goaltending situation that was very much mixed up and in, in, in up in the air. I didn't see what UC Soros ended up doing. I did not predict. I knew he was good. I knew he had it in him. I didn't expect him to do what he ended up doing. And so – even though I did predict them to be a French playoff team, and in our playoff predictions on the show, we all had the Preds as a fourth-place team to make the playoffs, the way they made it in was what made it so crazy. Like, because we were all talking about it on this show. Go back and listen to previous episodes. We were down and out on this show. We were like, <laughs> all right, off-season plans. What are we doing here? Um uh, Let's go ahead and talk about 2022. Let's go ahead and talk about the expansion draft. Let's go ahead and talk about our prospects at, at the Chicago Wolves, not even our own AHL team. Let's still, we were we were digging deep in the in the uh, in the barrel to find topics because this team was so hard to watch at the time. And then they just flipped the switch. UC Soros did what UC Soros did, became a Vesna worthy goaltender. The team dug deep, and then they got in the playoffs. And you know what? Even though they got knocked out in the first round again, I am not going to equate this to them losing in the qualifiers. I'm not going to equate this to losing to Dallas Stars. It's not the same thing. I'm sorry. It still sucks the same. Like, it still hurts. But I'm I'm coming away proud of this team. Whereas when they lost to the Stars, I was disappointed. I was what did you guys do? Like, how are you going to lose this series? Like, I'm not I'm not feeling that way right now. I'm sorry, I'm not. I think this team milked everything they could have milked out of this team to get where they got. And they and guess what? They they could have they could have upset the Canes. It was there. They had some chances and it didn't happen. So I'm uh as much as it sucks right now, I'm still proud of this team. They got something to build around. And that's that's just where I'm at with it. How are you feeling about it, Rich? Yeah, uh, same thing. You know, as you, like you said, there were questions about goaltending, and we were uh, the off-season uh, ch- uh, trades and things that they made. We were kind of wondering what was going on. We were a little like optimistic, like just a little optimistic. Hey, maybe this will work out, and. You know, it didn't in the first part of the season, and then they made the turnaround, and it was an unconventional turnaround because it wasn't really the people who you would think would turn the season around. It was your your uh, Matthew Olivier's, your Yakov Trinidad's, the herd line, those guys. They put those – the younger players, they all just came together and just, like, energized the team, and that's what made it so exciting. And it was just um, – I'm, I'm super proud of them. Um, I didn't think 
they would go as far as they did, obviously. And just to see them, you know, put up such a fight, and that's that's the good thing is they put up a fight. They didn't get swept. Um, just, you know, what, what else could you ask for, for this team that shouldn't have even made the playoffs to have a turnaround like they did? I mean, what else can you ask of them? Mm-hmm. Same thing. I think, you know, especially when you look at the start, we started, you know, 11 and 16 and we kind of, we were DOA, right? And we thought, well, all right, let's sell the farm. Let's see, you know, let's look at some coaching prospects some general manager prospects. You know, we were, I mean, I'm still, still I go back and forth between looking at those prospects. I kind of read that article sometimes and go, oh, they're still available, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, when you look at the, when I look at the team, you know, I think that it was, we had higher expectations when we played the stars in the playoffs and we got bounced. And I think that was what was frustrating about that. Um, you know, with the Coyotes, they just showed they wanted it more and, and the bubble. And we, we did not fight the way this team fought to, to force overtimes to keep, you know, this series, very close series. Even the Winnipeg series, when you look back at that, like Winnipeg was just a tougher team. That one. Yeah, the, yeah Carol, Carol, that Carolina. One, that one. That one drove a stake through my heart, though, man. It hurt, but I mean, they were just—they were more physical, I should say. Yeah. But, but this team physicality was not a problem. I mean, we had guys getting under those skin. That herd line changed the game for us. That was exciting. I mean, that it felt for like we've gotten past, once we got past 2017. It felt like we got to this place of finesse hockey, and that's why Winnipeg beat us. That's why Dallas upset us. That's why the Coyotes showed more determination. It felt like we got back to Smashville with the style of play, as far as. Not necessarily the system. I don't think it was the system. I think it was the players, you know, the herd line, showing that Colton says and saying, guys, I want to get hit, so we're going to go out there and hit some guys and set the tone. Like, I, I freaking love that. So that is vintage Predators. That, that's what we needed to yeah. kind of be our identity all, all along. And so when we, when we figured out, like, we need to roll those guys out to set the tone, that was huge. I think that, you know, from the turnaround standpoint, just saying where we started versus where we got to, like, that is incredible to see the progress we made because we just – we didn't anticipate it. I mean, I think it really started with the uh, the away game trip, that eight game road trip. The players, uh, will say, they galvanized, they got closer together, and they were able to turn it into something where they're playing for each other, not just for you know to try to win. And so that that's huge too. And that really kind of it permeated to the fan base. We yeah. got attached to these guys, especially these younger guys, where we're like, mm-hmm. we've been waiting to see the youth, and now we see these young guys. Now we have names like. Carrie, like your Janos, like even you know some of the other guys we haven't seen as much, but we're hopefully going to see more in the future. Mm-hmm. We're excited about that. So even with this kind of stinging a little, there's a lot to be excited about. And then last kind of few notes for me is, you know, I think that the players did this more than anything. I think that's really what it showed. And it unfortunately might be an audition for them to go to other teams after this year, but I appreciate what they did for this team this year and what they did for one another. And I, I really respect that. If, to me, another part of it is Broadway looks like it's back. I, but going, being able to go to a game, being able to see Bridgestone, you know, full tonight. We're pretty close to full tonight, minus you know, give or take about two thousand fans. Yeah. That was huge. Being able to see Broadway buzz the way it is, yeah. like that's especially for hockey. I mean, there's always Broadway's always going off for something. But well, the best thing, the best, yeah, the best thing is to see all those gold jerseys. Yes, uh, and, and I, yeah. My, my last point is just I think that we earn some respect. You know, I think that we are not the most talented team on paper. We are not the, the strongest team in some facets. But we pushed the the number one team to six games. We played eight we played eight games worth of hockey in the course of six games with all the overtimes. Yeah. And we pushed them to the brink. We are we earned the respect of the, of the NHL. We were earned the respect of, you know, other commentators, but um, you know, there's a lot to hang our hat on. There's some things we can be frustrated on. We'll, we'll get to that in another episode, but yeah. there's a lot that the team gave us to be proud of. And at least they didn't go out. They didn't go out with the tail behind their, between their legs. Yep. 
Yeah. And if so, you guys, oh, go ahead, Ted. Well, I was just going to say real quick, and then, uh, uh, Rich, you can kind of go with what you're going to say. I was just going to say, like, there's no moral victories necessarily in hockey, but I can say this. Like, we're not we're not going to sit here and say, oh, we're happy that the Preds got a moral victory. But what they, what they did do is they showed that they belonged. And mm-hmm. the biggest worry I had about them sneaking into the playoffs was that they were going to get completely embarrassed. Like – to the point where maybe they get one win that was lucky. But let's look at it this way. It, let's not focus so much on how many games the series went. So, the, yeah, the Preds lost is six. But every game in this series could have gone either way. That's what you got to take out of this. Every, four of the six games went to overtime. The other two games, the Preds were right in it going into the third period. And then they kind of fell apart in the third period. So you'll give them that. But the point is, th- these were not lopsided games, all six of them. No. The Canes had to battle to get yeah. this series win. And, I mean, I'll be honest, and I, I, I did predict the Canes in six, but at the same time, they still outperformed my expectations, the Preds did. Even though the series ended in the same amount of games as I predicted, it doesn't matter. They still outperformed my expectations. They mm-hmm. still they still played the Canes better than I pre- expected them to do. And so for that, I tip my cap to the Preds, and I'm very excited and uh, have a lot of hope going into 2021-22. Uh, uh, I was gonna say, even with you, like, so just to kind of put it in perspective, if you were to, you know, give it, give it a point value, like similar to what we do in the regular season, the Canes only beat us eight points to six points. I mean, it was that close. Yeah, so, to for for us to be right there, it's you know, like I said, there's no moral victories, but this team punched above its weight. I mean, they, that's let's face it, like we that's, uh, that, we, that's what we gotta call it. Our, our, we said yeah. that their ceiling, that we said that their ceiling was gonna be four. And they hit, they hit the ceiling, and then they kept playing and playing well, and. You know, it's it's something to show for. There's something to build on. Yeah, and then like what you said about having hope for the future. I don't know if you guys remember, but I think around when toward the end when they were starting to kind of turn things around a little bit, we were talking about seeing these uh, flashes of like Ellie Tolvanen and then Carrier and all these guys. And we were talking about, wow, how exciting is next season going to be? Because we didn't we didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, and then we were like, just the what they're building on, and then like what they what they wound up you know, the way they finished the season and then going into next season, just it's, it, it's really exciting. And there is hope for, and hope. we got some other, we got some other prospects. We didn't even get to see this season. You consider yeah. your Tomasinos, Jaffinesios, like you have, yeah. we have some, we got some dudes. I mean, we yeah. give, give the Preds a few years, maybe it may not be next year, but give us, give us some time. We're building. Some I, I think what the Preds really showed is they have a foundation to work with right now. And we weren't sure what that foundation was going into the season. I can tell you right now that I learned a lot about what the Preds have in the pipeline right now. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing I pull from this from this season is I know we got a franchise goaltender, and I know we have a very, very promising pipeline that's ready to play NHL hockey right now. I didn't know that going into the season. I read plenty of articles from all the scouting websites out there who had the Preds prospect pool ranked well into the bottom half of the league. We didn't because no one knew. 
No one knew. We had a very un- unknown prospect pool. And that's what you get with prospects. A lot of times you don't know what you have. And so what the Preds learned this season was by almost by mistake, let's be honest, there were a lot of injuries and they had to put these guys in there. They they proved it. Alex Carrier is a great example. Um, you got Olivier, Yakov Trenin. Even though Trenin played a little bit last season, uh, these 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 guys came in uh, and and chipped in, did what they had to do. Tolvanen was under so much pressure and criticism, mm-hmm. uh, and he went out there. Even though he kind of uh, struggled a little bit there towards the end, I think he okay. showed he, he 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 has the tools. Uh, give him some time. The point is, Gino. there is there is a Tanner Janot. Thank you for bringing him up. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't leave him out. Uh, there, there's a basis here. There is a foundation that we can build around, and so that's another thing we can pull from this season, along with UC Soros. And so we have a lot of great off off season content coming to you on the Catfish and Ice podcast. We wanted to give you a quick reaction to the game. The season's the season's over. But the Catfish and Ice podcast is going to keep bringing you awesome content this offseason. We can't bring it, wait to bring it to you. And uh, just uh, talk to the podcast at Catfish Ice on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We're also uh, in the process of getting on YouTube as well. And so we're going to have a lot of different platforms to uh, deliver our content to you all. And so we really appreciate it. And this has been episode 48 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and keep having fun uh, with Daily Fantasy, with uh, the rest of the hockey playoffs, and, of course, with our awesome promo we have for you right now with basketball, where you can bet uh, to win a lot of money just betting on the winning team. So go use our promo code THPN. And until next time, we uh, next time we talk to you all will be next week, and we will be getting into a lot of off-season talk. So get ready for that. It's time to turn the page. It's time to look ahead to what's what's ahead for this franchise, and we are really excited about it. So until then, this is Chad Mitten with Colin Bloom and Rich Howe. This has been the Captain's Nice Podcast, episode 48. We will see you all next time. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlanski, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat, and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from talk news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's go Pens.